Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's up, cocktail fans? Today, I've got a very special episode for you, but first, a big announcement. You know, we talk a big game on this podcast, thinking we know how to make great cocktails, but you know what? We're also pretty good at making cocktail ingredients. Yesterday, we launched the e-commerce store on modernbarcart.com, where you can currently find the full line of embitterment bitters product that I developed and currently produce, as well as a great selection of element shrubs. Huh? Why am I selling bitters and small trees? Fair question. See, in the cocktail world, a shrub is a sort of vinegar-based fruit syrup that helps preserve and kind of extract various fruit and spice flavors. And the great thing about shrubs is that they're extremely fun cocktail and mocktail ingredients. So in this episode, I chat with Charlie Birkinshaw, the founder of Element Shrub, and we get into all the fascinating details. Charlie is a good friend of mine. His photography and Instagram skills are on point, and I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Last thing before I get out of the way here, if you visit modernbarcart.com anytime in the next week, that's July 27th through August 2nd, 2017, all Element Shrub products will be 10% off. No code needed, just a sweet little sale. So please check out our newly launched e-commerce store. That's not quite a cocktail of the week, but it's certainly a deal of the week. So we'll jump back on that train next episode. Until then, I hope you enjoy my interview with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm Eric Koslick, your host, and today we are hanging out with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub. Charlie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Eric. Great to be here. Yeah, so you and I have been collaborating for a few years now. We, we met doing sort of a similar project in a similar geographic region. You with your shrubs and me with first the bitters and, and now some other projects as well. And so we've, we've had some good collaborations in the past and looking forward to a, a lot more. But I'm, I want to sit down with you today and talk about your bread and butter, which is shrubs and then some of the fun applications of shrubs. So before we get into exactly what a shrub is and how you use them and make them, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you are coming from? Thanks, Eric. Yeah, so uh, my name's Charlie. I grew up in Annapolis, um, now live with my wife and two kids in Arlington, Virginia. I actually don't have any background as a bartender, working for restaurants, making cocktails for a living. I, I really started making shrubs when my wife was pregnant to sort of satisfy a craving she had for a real cocktail. The goal was, you know, try to create something that had the complexity of a cocktail, real ingredients, not a lot of sugar, and of course, no alcohol. And so, you know, how do you create that sort of, that feeling of, you know, at the end of the day, you've had a long day, you come home, you've been working hard, you, you want to have a drink, but, you know, juices just don't really satisfy that need. Sodas are 
artificial and have a lot of sugar as well. Um, and water just gets old after, you know, six or seven months of being pregnant. And so, uh, so we, we learned about shrubs when we were in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and we got involved in this group that forged fruit from people's backyards. And so we made jams and jellies and pickles, anything you could make with fruit we made. And so by adding uh, the vinegar to the fruit and sort of preserving the the harvest, so to speak, um, you're, you're able to create this really interesting sort of syrup that has a lot of different layers, sort of acidity and sour and tanginess from the vinegar and then sweetness from the fruit and, uh, and, and the sugar that you add. And so we started experimenting with the, the fruit that we found in people's backyards in Cambridge and, and started adding different herbs and spices and kind of creating unique flavor combinations that would be great just sort of on their own or mixed with seltzer because again, our goal was to create the perfect mocktail, not to create something that would either get lost in a cocktail syrup or that was sort of catered towards cocktails. So instead of focusing on, you know, citrusy, lemon, orange, lime flavors, you know, we wanted to do something that was that was really different and that had a lot of complexity on its own. Yeah. I know that that your flavor combinations, you know, now several years later, something that the people who love your products are just crazy about. So whenever you launch a new a new flavor, a new flavor combo, uh, it's always really exciting. So Thank you. Um, it's it's nice to hear about how you kind of backed your way into cocktails from an actual need that that you and and your wife had, and it's it's always good to hear those stories about you know in, instead of buying a cocktail book and and uh, you know just diving into the the technical aspects of it you you kind of did it in a really creative kind of alternative way so that's really fun to hear about um before we get too far into it can you zoom out and tell us what a shrub is i know you've mentioned some of the ingredients but what is a shrub and how generally could one produce a shrub sure so i would say in layman's terms it's, it's essentially sort of a colonial way of preserving fruit using vinegar uh, there are a few, if you go way back in history, there's a few different kinds of shrubs. There's an alcoholic one made with brandy, and then there's other sort of stories about about shrubs in history. But I, I would say, at least from our perspective, uh, our, our goal of creating shrubs is to preserve sort of the harvest of the fruit from that season. So uh, blueberries in the summer, uh, you know, pears in the fall, whatever it is. Nice. And you mentioned that the way that you incorporated these shrubs into the cocktails or the mocktails, as it were, that you were making was that you've got these traditional cocktail fruits or acids, right? Lemons, limes, uh, sometimes oranges. And, and you basically, correct me if I'm wrong, you're taking the acidity and the tanginess uh, that's there in the vinegar. And that is sort of serving as the vehicle for that acidity in the cocktail in replacement for the citrus juice. And then the other flavors that you've been able to add in that shrub also kind of do something completely different, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you think about sort of two, two ingredients that you see a lot in cocktails, so lemon juice and simple syrup, lemon juice is obviously acidic and simple syrup is sweet. And, you know, a, a shrub contains vinegar, sugar, and fruit. So we have a, a lemon mint shrub that kind of serves the function of lemon juice and simple syrup in a cocktail. 
So, but then in addition to just the lemon, it's got the mint in there as well. You know, instead of pineapple juice, we use our pineapple turmeric shrub, uh, which has sort of some bright acidity from the pineapple and then some really kind of awesome savoriness from from the turmeric. Yeah, and I, I think the lemon mint is a really great example because you take a classic cocktail like the mint julep, which has, you know, mint component and a simple syrup component, and then instead of using a mint simple syrup or simple syrup and then freshly muddled mint, like usually the recipes dictate, you replace that with a a lemon mint shrub. And not only do you have the requirements for the cocktail, but you've, with one ingredient, made the cocktail simpler and more unique, which I think is a really cool power to put in the hands of somebody uh, who's experimenting with cocktails. Yeah, exactly. And, And I think that's one of our goals. I think the hard part about making shrubs is that a lot of people still don't know about them, you know, and know what they are and know how to use them. And so for us, uh, sort of our cocktails and mocktails that we've created are to help people kind of better understand how to use them and and what to do with them. Yeah, and we're, we're definitely going to link to all of your social media in the show notes. Really fun uh, Instagram to follow and Facebook as well. Uh, you're a really talented photographer, and uh, I've been the, the beneficiary of that for sure. So before we move on to some, some other questions here, I want to give folks a sense of your product line. And just you've mentioned the lemon mint and the pineapple turmeric, which are great examples. But can you mention all of your other flavors just so that folks can really understand the, the, the range? Sure. Uh, so so we, we launched with a, a chai pear, uh, honeydew jalapeno, which is actually my personal favorite, our, our lemon mint and a, a blueberry rosemary uh, that we do in the summer. Then we released our, our pineapple turmeric, uh, our cranberry hibiscus that we make uh, around Thanksgiving. And then most recently, a, a grapefruit vanilla and a blood orange saffron. Yeah, that's the, those are really cool. And what I'm noticing there is that you're, you're pairing things that you don't always see together, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we want to we do something that's familiar to people and then pair it with another ingredient that's still familiar to them, but not familiar in that combination. Uh, and, and for us, color is really important too when we when we make our products because we don't use anything artificial. We don't use any natural flavorings, any artificial flavorings or colors. And so uh, if you think about our pineapple turmeric, we've got pineapple, which is sort of yellow and bright. And then we've got turmeric, which is also yellow and bright. And they, they also happen to to work well together flavor-wise, but that's not always the case. Um, With our blood orange saffron, it's blood oranges, which are sort of orange and red. It's carrots, uh, which are orange. It's saffron, which is orange, and then then a little bit of ginger as well. So Mm. we're always thinking about sort of color palette and how it looks because we use clear bottles and we think shrubs are you know, beautiful and should be shown off. And so so if if you did like a pineapple shrub and you paired it with grapes or something that was not yellow, you know, it would be brown and not appealing from like you, you, you see pineapple grape and you expect it to be kind of yellow, but it's not. And so you might think it went bad or something. I don't know. Cool. Uh, so you mentioned colors are really important part when you are developing a flavor. What 
else do you think about when you are experimenting? I mean, I know that I'm in some sort of experimental phases right now with bitters that I'm trying to put out on the market, hopefully in the next couple months uh, to a year. And uh, so, so experimentation is very much on my mind. What else do you do when you're developing flavors? So thinking seasonally, for sure, thinking about what, what grows together, um, there's sort of this I don't know if it's a mantra, but what what grows together goes together. And so, uh, you know, thinking about, well, okay, in the summer, we've got lots of fruit to to pick from. Sort of our our best opportunity to kind of align colors with what's growing together in in the fall, in the winter, you're a little more limited, but there's still plenty of sort of opportunities to be creative and, and, and do things that are a little bit different and more experimental. Sure. And that's where things like ginger and turmeric and some of the spices come in. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, in, in the fall, we do our, our chai pear, uh, which is which is great. And we pair it with sort of the chai spice notes. Uh, there's there's actually no tea in our chai pears. It's caffeine free, but but it has sort of the flavor of chai. Right. It's got that essence. I, one of the other things that I like that you've done is with the like cranberry hibiscus, of course, we know that during the fall, there's the cranberry harvest, you know, you get the bogs up in uh, New England and cranberry and hibiscus don't grow together, but they do go together. And it's nice that you were able to take this kind of tropical ingredient, which is actually really effective when it's dried as well. I mean, I've used dried hibiscus petals uh, really effectively in teas and certain ingredients that or certain products that, that we've made over the years, but it's kind of cool as well that you're able to utilize your understanding of flavor and put things together that maybe don't grow together sometimes, but definitely do go together. Yeah. And so actually the the cranberry hibiscus is is a perfect example that that's sort of our smallest window because our cranberry hibiscus also has a little bit of watermelon um, and basil in it. So we're, we're taking sort of the, the watermelon from the end of summer, early fall, and the cranberries from sort of the the beginning of the cranberry harvest and kind of pulling those together and trying to take advantage of of everything we can during that that narrow window. Great. Yeah. So getting into the part of this episode where we talk to people about the do-it-yourself aspects of home bartending, first of all, I recommend that people check out your website, which is elementshrub.com. Great. And see your flavors, check out some of the recipes that you've put there and on social media. And before maybe experimenting with your own shrubs, pick up a bottle of element shrub, knowing that, you know, it's really high quality and that as you've just heard, we're, you know, using seasonal ingredients and really doing a careful job of flavor pairing. So see what it looks like when a shrub is done really professionally. And then if you really enjoy what you can make with that product, then maybe you can start to experiment a little bit on your own using the seasonal stuff that grows around you. I mean, the goal is, you know, hopefully we are reaching folks, not just here in the mid-Atlantic United States, but also around the country and around the world who might have access to really great products that only that only they can access really easily at a certain time of year. So, you know, that, that might be a really good chance for you to put your own twist on a shrub flavor. So knowing that folks will probably want to do that, what would they need to make a shrub? Sure. So I would say for sort of ingredients uh, or or pieces of equipment. So vinegar, uh, and you can use 
any kind of vinegar you want, white vinegar, apple cider vinegar, champagne vinegar, balsamic, uh, fruit. And technically you can make a shrub with, with fresh fruit, with fruit juice, with concentrate, with whatever you want, as long as it's fruit and then, um, sugar. And, uh, and your sugar can come in sort of any sweetener format, whether it's, um, pure cane sugar, maple syrup, honey, what, whatever it is. So, so, you know, feel free to experiment with sort of those different permutations of this vinegar with this sugar, with this fruit. Um, and, uh, and then really all you need is, is a mason jar, uh, some room in your fridge for all of your experiments and a patient uh, spouse who's willing to give up some of their fridge for, uh, for your, your experiments. Yeah, that's, uh, that is very true. I really like the point that you made about sugar because when we think about sugar so often, it's just in the form of table sugar or a simple syrup made with a, you know, refined sugar that is clear. But thinking about color, that's certainly a way that you can influence the color of your shrub by using something different. Uh, and then as far as maple syrup and honey go, that's that's a really cool way to take a local uh, approach to your shrub and, 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 you know, depending on what the bees are using, where you get your, your honey or or depending on the the type of maple syrup that you use, that's a really cool aspect that I never really occurred to me. Yeah, and, and actually, so shrub has sort of a, a sister in the in the vinegar world called the uh, switchel, and and switchel is sort of also known as the the haymaker's punch, and is traditionally made with apple cider vinegar, maple syrup, uh, lemon, and ginger as sort of like a very basic recipe, and and switchel is most often diluted with tap water and was enjoyed by farmers uh, in the field when it was really hot as sort of a refreshing drink. Nice. Yeah. So we will hopefully, I don't know, maybe, maybe we can find somebody who makes switchel and get them on the show too. Although I have not encountered anyone yet. That's what you need folks to make your own shrubs and then logically you're going to want to consume them somehow. So I want to transition if we could to the other aspect of the show, which is mocktails. So um, <clears throat> we had, we, we have an episode with Colleen O'Brien from Wild Roots Apothecary, where we talk about uh, the relationship of the body to alcohol and cocktails. And in that show, we talk about mocktails as a really great alternative when you're trying to be a little bit healthier, perhaps if you are pregnant or trying to take a break from alcohol, whether that's a permanent break or just a temporary one to let your your bodily systems rejuvenate. But uh, Charlie makes some really, really great mocktails. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit about, first of all, how mocktails and cocktails are different. Like, is there a set definition or is it maybe a little bit subjective? And then maybe we can get into a couple examples. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so for us and, and when we were making these, the goal was to make our drink feel as special as a cocktail. And so for me, a cocktail and mocktail should look exactly the same. Um, the garnish, the way it's presented, you know, you don't want to serve somebody a fancy drink and then have the woman next to you who's pregnant or isn't drinking or guy next to you uh, who isn't drinking to get a Coke with ice in it and like a plastic straw. You know, you, you want them to feel as special as the, the person next to them that might be having a cocktail. Uh, so, so that's presentation is really important for us. And then, you know, you still want to think about the different components of a cocktail aside from the spirit. So you have spirit, sour, sweet, bitter, they, they go into cocktails and, and how can you incorporate those 
those flavors into a mocktail. And so for us, shrubs are an obvious and biased way for, for us to create mocktails. But um, and, and again, our goal was to kind of create a mocktail in a bottle. So by adding the fruit, some different herbs and spices, some vinegar, our goal was to say, okay, just mix this with seltzer water and you've got a great mocktail. Um, and at the end of the day, you can always be a little more creative than that. Um, you can add other sour components, other like just lemon juice, whatever it is. You can add um, cold brew coffee. Uh, you can add kombucha. You can add other flavors or, or think think about cocktails and, and sort of deconstruct them. So <clears throat> like a cocktail that's made with grenadine, for example. You know, grenadine is made with pomegranate juice traditionally. And so, you know, how can you incorporate maybe pomegranate juice as sort of a healthier alternative to grenadine into a cocktail so that it's um, just healthier, but sort of has that sort of basic component of what um, what goes into it. Uh, if you think about gin, think about the botanicals that might go into that gin and you know, can you even infuse your water with juniper berries and other herbs and spices and kind of create sort of like a mock gin and then add different layers on, on top of that? Yeah, those are all really good ideas. Another another thing that I that I enjoy is the the mouthfeel components. So like egg white is used in traditional sour cocktails. So, you know, you could certainly go through all the steps of making like a whiskey sour or something with the egg white, shake that and just simply omit the alcohol, maybe put in like a chai pear shrub or something and you've got yourself a cool sour that has not just the look but also the mouthfeel of that cocktail uh, sans alcohol. Yeah, no, that's Absolutely. So the other thing that I really liked that you mentioned was the deconstruction element and how simply the act of slowing down, looking at a cocktail ingredient by ingredient and asking very explicitly, what does this ingredient do in this cocktail? What is the role that it plays? And then realizing that there's probably a lot of great options out there for fulfilling that role without the spirit. So I, I think that's something that it takes a little bit of practice. I think you've gotten very good at it and I've maybe not as good as you at it, but it's always one of the things that I enjoy when we get together and do like an Instagram session where we make some cocktails and mocktails and it just allows me to exercise a part of my brain that I don't always get to exercise because I'm stuck in that. Well, when you make an old fashioned, you use whiskey and sugar and bitters and that's that. So, um, um, the last point I wanted to make here was that I get a common question when people ask me about bitters and there's always the question of like, oh, do these contain alcohol? And right. the answer is yes. So the question is, can you put bitters in a mocktail? And I think that there's two answers to this. And, and the way that I always answer it is like this. If you are making a mocktail because you're just trying to give your body a break and you know, you're know you normally totally fine with drinking alcohol, then I'd say that you can look at bitters, especially those that do contain alcohol. Uh, you can look at those as a normal ingredient that you should feel free to use in your mocktails because you're putting in a non-beverage amount. You're putting in just a few dashes. And so there's nothing wrong with that. On the other hand, if you are taking a permanent break from alcohol for whatever reasons, whether it's for your body or for your mental health or, or whatever reason has made you decide to completely abstain from alcohol, maybe you're pregnant, then I'd say that you should know that bitters, many of them do contain alcohol 
and your options would be to choose a bitters that contains glycerin and uses that as an extracting agent. Fee Brothers being a notable um, non-alcoholic bitters option. So go out of your way to choose a non-alcoholic bitters or completely avoid bitters and, you know, think of other ingredients that you can use to add that bitterness. So mocktail supplies, very similar to cocktail supplies because they're a cocktail sort of replacement, right? And using a lot of the same techniques. Are there any other pieces of equipment or considerations that people should think about when prepping their bar cart for mocktails? Yeah. I mean, shrubs, shrubs for sure. Uh, I mean, they've just got such a great complexity with 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 the vinegar and and they're easy they're easy to use once you once you sort of get comfortable with the idea that there's going to be vinegar in your drink so so i mean i would say those and again just going back to what you said before think about what your favorite cocktail is uh understand what the ingredients are that go into that figure out maybe you know how could i replace this with something that doesn't have alcohol in it and try to build something that has sort of similar layers and you know it might it might take you a few iterations but it's it it's it's a fun way to sort of channel your creativity because it's frankly a little bit harder to make a mocktail taste as good as a cocktail when you're limited to you know using something that you're very used to using in a cocktail but but can't yeah, no, those are the good points. Two things I want to highlight there is that one, creative constraints often, you know, even though you're you have to work a little harder when you do nail it, those creative constraints make the victory all all the all the sweeter when you've overcome odds to make a really awesome creation. And the other point I want to make is that since the tools you'll need to make mocktails are virtually the same as the tools you use to make cocktails, really what we're learning here is that the fridge and nature, the things that are growing in whatever season you're in, are extensions of the bar cart. So when you're building the bar cart, think seasonally, think that, think about the farmer's market or the the store as an extension of your bar cart and, and also your fridge. So if adding that pomegranate juice, for example, you know, if you know that you like granite in your cocktails, have that pomegranate juice in the fridge ready to use. Uh, and that is a way of building your bar cart so that when you do host a party and you, know, you, you have somebody who wants a mocktail or you just want to have a mocktail party, then you've got it there ready to go. Yeah, I would also say one other thing to add um, or to think about a lot is uh, different herbs and spices. Um, you know, I think there's so many different flavors and, you know, bitter, sweet, sour that, that come from uh, just spices that you probably have in your drawer that you've never thought about putting into your cocktails, but, you know, they could be a really interesting, add a really interesting component to to a mocktail. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And again, you can if you check out the uh, the the interview with Colleen O'Brien, you can you can hear a lot of nerding out about herbs. Uh, so definitely check that out as well. So we're gonna get into the lightning round questions really quickly here. Uh, these are a good opportunity for folks to learn a little bit about your personality and your preferences, Charlie. So uh, what is your favorite cocktail? And if you can't name a favorite of all time, what is a cocktail you've recently fallen in love with? So I I think my favorite cocktail is the the Corpse Reviver number two. And it was actually the first cocktail I really enjoyed with gin in it as well. And uh, I, I know I typically like drinks that are stronger because I'm just one of those people that just drinks whatever's in front of me very quickly. And so I find that 
you know, if it's a little bit stronger, I tend to sip it and enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. And I think for that reason, I have gravitated not only toward gin, which is kind of asserts itself in a drink, but also various Amari that are very bitter and kind of bracing. But the Corpse Survivor is a really awesome drink. And you mentioned Corpse Survivor number two. The Corpse Survivor is an entire family of cocktails. And I, I think number two is g- sort of generally agreed upon as the, the one that is the favorite, the crowd favorite. But uh, folks, you can definitely check out uh, the different Corpse Survivors out there and see if maybe there's an iteration that more closely mirrors your spirit preferences next question what is your favorite spirit and what do you like about it so uh good good segue um i i actually gin is probably one of my favorite spirits now even though uh i used to stay away from it uh prior to kind of making shrubs but you know i I really like it because uh, it's sort of an open book you can add different botanicals, uh, you can add different herbs and spices, citrus, whatever it is, um, as opposed to sort of the restrictions that they put on whiskey or, or bourbon in terms of where it has to come from, how much alcohol it has to have, how many years it has to be aged, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, you know, I, I like that the variety of gins that you can get really um, varies, you know, no matter where you are. Yeah. Definitely second that, gin also being my favorite spirit. Got a lot of great gins popping up here in the mid-Atlantic and throughout the US. So for folks who maybe, like Charlie, have kind of avoided gin to this point, we are at a place in the evolution of the spirits industry where it might be a, something that's worth reevaluating, uh, especially if you're uh, looking to bring out the fruit aspects uh, with, with shrub. Gin, gin is just such a great shrub accompaniment. So yeah, definitely recommend. Are there any cocktail books that have been particularly influential or enjoyable for you? Uh, yeah, so I actually, um, not coming from sort of a bartender background, I, I came more from a just loving to, to cook and entertain. And so there's actually a book that I really like called The Flavor Thesaurus, which I think relates more to how I think about flavor combinations and how I think about building cocktails. And, and so for me, there are no classic cocktails that are made with with shrubs. And so whenever I have to create a recipe, I'm always sort of deconstructing a classic cocktail and trying to figure out how to work it into um, something else or sort of creating our own sort of original cocktails. And, and so I do that by thinking about how flavors go together. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting, both from a cocktail perspective, but from a, a cooking perspective and just generally thinking about flavors, how they work together, how they don't work together and, and why. So, yeah, that sounds like a really good one. Is, is that in any way related to the flavor Bible? I don't know. I've, I've maybe, maybe I'm just thinking of the same book or maybe I'm, maybe I'm confusing it with another one, but in any rate, uh, we'll certainly link to that in the show notes so that folks can go out and mess around with flavor combinations as well. I really love how much you've emphasized deconstructing and just taking things apart because the thing that 
I enjoy about working with you is that you're kind of a mad scientist in ways that, that I'm maybe occasionally more of a technician and you are totally comfortable just taking the radio apart on your dad's workbench and just like looking at how this, like, I don't know. I just imagine that being something that, that, that you would do just like take something apart and just like look at all the guts and see what's happening. And that sort of creativity is really valuable in uh, the cocktail world. So uh, I think if that's something that folks can, can learn or, or get a little bit of permission to do from this episode, that's certainly something I want them to take away. Thank so you. Flavor, flavor thesaurus, great place to start. Before we wrap up here, is there any piece of advice that you would try to communicate to somebody who is just starting their home bar or bar cart like many of our listeners probably are? I would say don't don't be afraid of shrubs. You know, I think a lot of people are are scared of adding vinegar to their drinks because they think it's going to taste like salad dressing. And again, if you just sort of back up and try to understand why you're adding a shrub, you're adding it because it's both sour and sweet. And those are two components that you would add to a cocktail anyway. And so don't, don't be afraid of them. Don't be uh, afraid to experiment with them. And I would say a general rule for shrubs is if you see our lemon mint shrub, if you see a pineapple shrub, try to think about that flavor as like a lemon juice in a cocktail or a pineapple juice in a cocktail. And then if you're able to find a recipe that uses pineapple juice in a cocktail, replace it with the shrub, make two side by side, one with the shrub and one with pineapple juice and see how they're different. And and that's a great way to kind of understand why we make shrubs, why they're kind of create a, a more complex flavor. And, um, not coming from a bartender background, which I've mentioned a couple times, you know, for me, experimenting is always a really fun thing to do. And yeah, so. Right. Yeah. And the, it's uh, sort of like you never you never step in the same river twice. Uh, you never make the same cocktail twice. So what you know, why bother trying to, you know, if you're if you're a bartender at a professional cocktail bar, there is certainly value in making the perfect old fashioned or martini and being able to replicate that night after night after night. But as a home bartender, a lot of the the joy is in the experimentation and in figuring out how to, how to tweak it a little bit in certain directions. And I know for me, when I use shrub and cocktails, I end up usually the first one I make is not as good as the second or third one because I adjust up or down the levels of shrub in the cock in that cocktail, according to how much sugar or how much sour I need. And usually I don't hit it right on the head the first time. But that just makes me more eager to make another one either for my wife or for somebody else. And so that's that's a really fun aspect of the experimentation. So, Charlie, you've given us a ton of great stuff to think about. How can people digitally connect with you and with Element Shrub? Uh, so we are uh, on, on the socials at Element Shrub, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, and our website, uh, elementshrub.com, where you can order our stuff. It's also got a, a, a list of places you can find our stuff in, in retail locations as well. So, yeah, no, Eric, thank you for, for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. Charlie, thanks for being on the show. And uh, we will hopefully talk to you again very soon. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. I just want to remind you that this episode might be over but the journey and the discussion are just beginning. If you're excited about the content in this or any other episode, please tell us. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Bar Cart for recipes and great product tips, or stalk me personally at Quixologist. That's Q-U-I-X-ologist. 
You can also like us on Facebook by searching Modern Bar Cart or hit us up directly via email by sending a note to podcast at modernbarcart.com. That email address, by the way, is also the one that you should use if you've got any cocktail or home bartending related questions you'd like us to address, or if you think you have a unique perspective on the cocktail world and would like to be interviewed for all to hear. I'll see you next time, but until then, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. Boldly.